0: Hi, I'm Pete Hammond. And I'm Dominic Patton. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk.
1: So today we're going to be discussing something that really is underlining all our discussions, which is the sheer density of TV content that is available now and how voters and viewers deal with it going into this Emmy season. We're also going to talk about some of the contenders for best actor in a limited series or movie. Plus, you're going to hear bits of interviews that Pete did with Emmy contender and Oscar winner. And I feel like we should have a trumpet going off here.
0: <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Love her. And that was a great interview you did. <laughs> uh, that was a you. great yeah. interview. She was fun and and, and and very honest and open and, uh, yeah, we did two parts on that. Uh, and Big Little Lies. I mean, you know, the thing about Big Little Lies, I think that some people yeah. don't
1: give her and Reese credit for is yeah. not only were they the leads in a great ensemble, yeah. they were producers. Producers. On it. They put and, that yeah. package together. As in many Nicole
0: ways. said, she yeah. got the book option. She went to the author. She had guaranteed it. If she gave them the option, they'd get it made, and they did. And uh, and it looks like they're going to continue on with this. You know, and it was interesting to hear Nicole talk about television. Well, we're going
1: to hear you guys talk about all that. I know, later but I want to
0: get into our big. first subject which is going to be the uh, level of tv content and how much of it there is i and- don't you know i i feel that the
1: word we used i used earlier density yeah, yeah. is incorrect yeah there's a there's a it, this is this is this is greater than density this yeah. is like this is like density when you talk about bits of coal in the ground that are crushed to the point where they become diamonds
0: <laughs> because that's what's happening here well isn't it because as I was mentioning, Nicole Kidman, people like her, big stars, Reese Witherspoon, um, all of these people that are doing television now, a television is going to them, and they're creating shows for them, and and big opportunities for them. And these people never did television, but that's before. been but that's been the case now for several
1: years. Yes, I mean, that that's so that's, that's not new. And Nicole Kidman did
0: stuff. do TV before when she was in uh, that
1: uh, Hemingway HBO. Hemingway yeah. series she did for an HBO, HBO movie. Yeah. So I mean that that's not new news. What what is to, what is to me is you know and, and John Landgraf has has turned a cottage yes. industry. Into talking one about quote. this, yeah, for like <laughs> what four years now, like going on and on. A about, very too, famous too, quote, which is amazing when he's talking about there being too much TV because. I don't know if you've watched FX lately, but a lot of that too much TV is on FX. That's true. And all power to them. Because from Atlanta to Better Things to Legion to just tons and tons of stuff, great television coming out of FX. The problem is... and FX, is, by the way, had so much TV, they had to create FXX. Exactly. So you could watch FX. Because, because the and is, when you're
0: done with that, if you ever finish watching all of it, you go to FXX and there's a whole other thing. And
1: there's an app as well. I mean, <laughs> you know, you certainly are in in the realm of plethora of riches when yes. you get to say, oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, this ch- ch- veteran upon veteran running comedy, we're right. gonna move you over to our other channel because right. we've got, <laughs> we need the room. Yes. So, But to all that, you know, in this Emmy season, and we both joked about it, about there being so many screeners showing right. up and so, so many things, and whoever watches it all and who doesn't and how does the whole process work and do people fake their way through if they know someone, et cetera, et cetera. But the idea is, is at some point you have to say, you know, how do you start to disseminate this? Now, yeah. I would say, because nothing says says oneself like talking about oneself, is you turn to a TV critic like me and you say, oh, well, I'm going to watch that because Dominic recommended it. I'm not going to watch that because he says that's crap. But... The reality is is TV criticism and TV reviews belong in a certain context like movie reviews that you do. Yes. And people watch what they want. Right. So how do you how do you make sense of this?
0: Well, it's 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 hard but it's it's the overwhelmingness of it for me when I look at it and I get all these things and then just trying to decide what to watch on television. You know, I have a problem. I come home, I said I'm going to watch something and then I look at all the stuff I've got piled up. And I can't decide, so I go and watch the match game. You know, it's it's like I can't decide. It's not a bad thing, my friend. <laughs> I will I tell you. I can't decide. It's a sickness, but I can't decide what to watch. What well, is a
1: sickness we both share? Because I have to tell you, in sometimes when I have to deal with the with the 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 Great
0: Wall of TV reviews that yeah. need to be done, Beach Shazam looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I know. It's like so overwhelming the choices, and maybe we have too much choice. Landgraf is onto it, even though he doesn't practice what he preaches. But, uh, oh, you know. you've been to Hollywood, right? You, you know this. <laughs> he keeps putting on content and keeps putting on shows, uh, as does everybody. And the other problem is we keep coming up with new ways in this newfangled world we live in, new ways to um, program these shows. There's but these things programming. I've never heard. It's, it's not programming. It's it's
1: broadcast, cable, streaming, and then everything is on your phone I watch now.
0: people on talk shows, and they, they talk about this show. And I said, wow, this sounds like a great sitcom. It's really good, really good people. And then I wait and say, well, what's it on, CBS?" Yeah, find me on Pop. What the hell is Pop? But you have all those, you, you have all those channels. I don't know. I can't even take the time to go through the Direct TV. Yeah, but that's because with. you don't even know that
1: the fact that you actually pay for like 14 golf channels that you never watch. I, and cetera, there's like
0: 20 Showtimes and 33 exactly. HBOs, and they're all of these things. And you and you go and you go and you go and you go like, what what is good? What is good? What is good? How do we know what we want to watch? And is there the the, the key question is Is it just too much? Is this a society that's living with too much, too much food to eat, to stuff their stomachs with? That's why we're so fat in this country and things like that. Too much television to watch. Too much of everything. But I'm too many... positively felt and slender.
1: I don't have a <laughs> problem for me. I think you're 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 you are shooting your cannon in the right direction, but at the wrong
0: target. Oh, I it t- is it is
1: well, it partially is TV, but it is actually as you said, it is the it is the 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 illness, sickness, and 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 birth of opportunity of American capitalism. Yeah. In many ways, this is all personified, in my opinion, in Jeff Bezos, because Jeff Bezos, to his credit, with Amazon, which went from the bookstore to the everything store to the everything everything with their businesses in databases, Washington Post, et cetera, et cetera, and everything else. The idea is that they, there is everything you want and you just need to find it and you will find it the way you want to find it. So you can get it by Prime or you can get it at this discount. Yeah. That's what television's become. Prime, te- super Prime, yeah. all these Primes. Optimus Prime. So that's what te- <laughs> that's what television's become. And you find yourself trying to find the way to watch it. What- Netflix too. Exactly. So- and
0: not just in the um, television side of Netflix, but at the Produced By conference when Ted Sarandos was talking with Jerry Seinfeld. You know, and he mentioned that they have forty feature films in development that they're going to go ahead and produce, and the audience gasped. That is a isn't huge that like, number. T-
1: isn't that two major studios put together? Oh, at least, and it's yeah.
0: even some of the major studios have gone well, well beyond um, twenty a year, well beyond, uh, well, well below hello. that. And um, hi, Paramount. How are you? You know, yeah. And so, so Netflix is like pouring all this content in both on you know for for so-called feature films even though they're running them like they're on television and uh and tv content now they finally just canceled a couple of shows and it seemed like the industry was stunned well (laughs) <laughs> it was also it was
1: also because Netflix has canceled shows before, or, or shows have met their Why end. Why are they getting so much attention? Well, then? I mean, because of the shows they were. I mean, Bloodline is, has met its end now at the end of season three, and there are other shows on Netflix that met their end. Well, but that will. A series the, of unfortunate but, events is designed for three but seasons. But The Get but. Down and um, The Get Down and Sense8 were. They were blockbusters masquerading as television shows. And I uh-huh. think that the end of them, and their stories were left un, unresolved, by the way. Yeah. The, the end of them showed that there was a, as Reed Hastings put, they needed to start maybe canceling such things. Yeah. So, yeah. to that end, Pete and I are obviously in the role of grumpy old men who feel there's too much TV <laughs> out there. But it's a, it's a question I think is worth having. I do, too. There's also worth having is a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by the critically acclaimed drama Queen Sugar. From Oscar-nominated filmmaker Ava DuVernay, executive producer Oprah Winfrey, and Warner Horizon scripted television for OWN, Variety says Queen Sugar is visually stunning. Essence raves that it is gorgeous in its honesty, and TV Guide magazine calls it powerful for your Emmy consideration in all categories. And while you might think there is too much good TV out there, let's emphasize the good TV. Pete sat down recently with Academy Award-winning actress and current Emmy contender Nicole Kidman for a discussion about her long career and taking on the challenging role of Celeste in Big Little Lies for HBO.
0: It is so interesting, the character there, especially the scenes with the therapist, where you see her go through all these different moods and things, where Mm -hmm. she's finally starting to, her story's starting to crumble a little bit. And and yeah, Mm -hmm. every time Alexander Skarsgård, who's fantastic in this, and was
2: such a great um, uh, partner, I was going to say great husband. Such a great husband. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, but was a great acting partner yeah. in terms of being willing to go anywhere um, to tell the truth of the relationship. And we were very, very um, committed and tight in the senses as actors to each other to um, to delve into the depths of what the relationship was, as as damaged as it is and as toxic as it is, as... Um, compelling and addicted to each other, and also the desire to stay together for the sake of the family and all of those. I mean, it's a very, very complicated um, storyline. And and Jean-Marc was fantastic, as was David, because they, they did not shy away from any of the complexity of it.
0: —No, and, and complex, is, complex is the word for it. I mean, this character, Celeste, you, you really see, rarely do you see this in movies, too, a, a, a role like this where you really get to explore a character in all of all the things that happened to her. And boy, physically, too. Did, were there bruises and things? Or, —Yeah. —You know, I don't know. I watched I was, the uh, show.
2: —My neck. <laughs> my, my neck would be really, really sort of sore because, you know, he was very um, uh, he would grab my neck a lot, and, and you know there was a lot of. It's it's hard sitting as I. When I it's it's the hardest role to be interviewed about this role because I never want to um, say too much because I want people to take away what they do from it, but it's a very important issue as well because it is it's domestic abuse yeah. and it's um, very sad and it's very. Um, and there's an enormous amount of shame attached to it, and there's um, pride, and there's so many different things, and there's also protection of a family. So, and I really kind of came into her skin, and so rarely am I someone that goes, oh, I can't answer that, but I find myself sort of stumbling through answers. Trying to talk about, yeah.
0: As an actor, do you take this stuff Mm. home with you? Like, do you go home to Keith and, you know?
2: I would go home and cry.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Wow.
2: And he was, I was very fortunate because I have a husband who's creative. Um, but he would be like, oh, what? he didn't know what was really going on mm-hmm. on set. And, you know, he doesn't read the scripts or anything. So he, he would just see me. But there was one point when I came back, my back was just covered in bruises. I mean, deep, deep bruises. And he was like, I've got to take a photo of this. This is like uh, unbelievable. And I'm like, no, 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 because I didn't want to see it. But you know, you can't see your own back. So right. I'd be trying to see in the mirror and he was like, This is appalling. What's but you know, this is I don't have sometimes I'm I'm not a good person to teach acting because I blur boundaries at times in terms of I get in it and I'm not quite sure how to get out of it. So when I'm in it, I'm like, Oh and then I step out and I come home and I'm I was deeply disturbed. Wow. But there... that's okay, I think, because it it's the nature of that story.
0: Whenever I've talked to you before, and whenever I've written about you, I use the same word over and over, risk. I don't know of any actor or actress that takes so many in a role, and I, I don't know if that's on purpose, to, to interest you, to challenge you every time, but you look at your filmography.
2: And I am schizophrenic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but... It's fear, it's fearless, fearless choices. It's not
2: fearless because no. there's an enormous amount of fear um, <laughs> at times. But it's uh, curious, and I wanna. I'm always interested in exploring human nature and human the human condition. And I actually feel safer and closer in the world when I do that. If that makes sense.
0: Really. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Playing Celeste made me feel closer to women. Makes yeah. me a part of the world and. Um, gives me more understanding, um, and I'm fascinated, obviously, with with or directors who have very, very strong visions, and and are very bold and powerful in their storytelling and their filmmaking. These so works. they always entail characters that are usually pretty um, strange. I mean, but yeah, and, and I love directors, and I love acting. I
0: love acting. When you work with these directors, you've worked with just this amazing list of world-class directors. Obviously Stanley Kubrick, Park Chan Jem- Wook, yeah. um, Lars von John, Trier, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: on and on and on, you look at that Jane. list. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What is it? Do you look at the director first? Do you look at the role first? Is it a combination? How do you choose? here?
2: I'm so random. Yeah. I, I would love to say that I have this really sort of decisive way of working and making decisions and I am just completely random and spontaneous. If I feel it, I do it. If there's something in the story that I love, if there's a director that I just love, then I go, I don't even need to read the script. What do you need me to do? I mean, I'm that, I'll do favors for friends. I'm (laughs) like, (laughs) I'm so, um, but that's how I work, you know. I'm like, okay, and I like that it, to take some of the weight off it, because artistically, I I want to explore things. I want to fail at times, because I need to fail to get back up again, Um, and to not be afraid, if that makes sense. And so when I went I did a play in London, I was terrified, absolutely like stage fright, that was, um, but it felt amazing to get through it and then to tell the story of Rosalind Franklin, who was the scientist that I was playing at the time. So the purpose of that was like, oh.
1: This week's episode is brought to you by the critically acclaimed drama, Queen Sugar. From Oscar-nominated filmmaker Ava DuVernay, executive producer Oprah Winfrey, and Warner Horizon scripted television for OWN, Variety says Queen Sugar is visually stunning. Essence raves that it is gorgeous in its honesty, and TV Guide Magazine calls it powerful for your Emmy consideration in all categories. So now we're gonna get back into our Emmy phase of things and of course, Emmy voting. Best actor in a limited series or a movie. Now, last year's winner was Courtney B. Vance, well, well deserved, for the People vs. O.J. Simpson American Crime Story, where he of course played Mr. Johnny Cochran. That will not be repeated this year because it's not being repeated this year. But there are many, many people who I think this year are going to be in a very unique place. And let's just talk about a few of them. Ewan McGregor for Fargo, where he does double duty. John Turturro for The Night Of. Jeffrey Rush for Genius. Jeffrey Rush, of course, playing Albert Einstein in the first uh, iteration
0: of Genius. Benedict Cumberbatch for Sherlock. But what are a few others? Yeah, well, we have Jude Law and The Young Pope, which is, uh, you know, quite a show. It's a very expensive show on hbo and uh, one that got a lot of attention and and jude law you see, you see people like jude law and ewan mcgregor coming into a uh, television robert de niro robert de niro who uh, is uh terrific by the way in this movie he did uh, the wizard of lies bernie madoff which is about bernie madoff and it followed richard dreyfus's movie of a few months ago uh, the, well um, that
1: wasn't a, that wasn't a movie that
0: was like a Two-parter, two-parter or a three-parter parter on ABC. On ABC. But nevertheless, Not so had got there first. But, you know, sometimes being first isn't always optimum. But though I we, think, don't,
1: we don't believe that at Deadline.com? Though we are just saying that?
0: <laughs> no, we do. But uh, we believe in being right. Um, I believe in
1: being right and first. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, if that's possible to do both. I want to make the internet great again. Yes. Well, <laughs> good luck. Robert De Niro, I thought, was terrific. And I think because he's Robert De Niro... And is, to my knowledge has never won an Emmy. Um, rarely. I can I never talk about him in terms of the Emmy races or things. Do you know something that may happen
1: this year, actually? We yeah. may have a new member of the EGOT crowd. Do you realize that? With John Legend. Uh, John Legend, If John, yeah, John Legend that, gets yeah. n- if Underground get nominated, which he is yeah. a producer on, uh, or which I'm I mean, i do not think, <laughs> I don't think yes, wait, this this is our this is our designated 39, 39 to ninety-nine <laughs> seconds talking about underground. Um the, the battle continues. That's um, right. If he gets nominated, he's a producer. He also played Frederick Douglass on it, but he's not going
0: to get yeah. nominated for that. Yeah, yeah.
1: But if he gets nominated, if the show gets nominated as a producer, he will be. He will join those hallowed, hallowed halls of four winner, four winners.
0: That's interesting. You know, and there's you know another a musician who's trying to win that Emmy. Interesting. There are some people that are just trying to win an Emmy, believe it or not, and can't, um, which is really shocking. Alan Menken who uh, won Oscars, Grammys, Tonys, great composer, has been nominated, he keeps writing songs for TV, keeps getting nominated in that song for, uh, most recently, Galavan. I think he did. But um, uh, these different uh, songs, and he keeps losing. In the well, I, 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 a personal
1: campaign because because yeah. i'm campaigning for underground i would say yeah.
0: do alan mencken a solid voters all right yeah
1: definitely time
0: but that he's not up and neither is um uh a john legend for best Actor but, let, but, a limited let's, series. but let's
1: look at but he was interesting but robert
0: de niro could be uh you well, know a real contender i think here. this
1: is i mean also let's remember this is of course as we have brought up time and time again is game of thrones is not a player on this so that's not going to be an issue at all but, but it's
0: not a you know it's not a limited series
1: but either. hbo yeah. I'm segueing. Go oh, with okay. me. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. HBO, however, yeah. is dominating this category with The Night Of, The Wizard of Lies, The Young Pope,
0: The Night Of, again. I mean, I just feel like they've got it. They've got it. But- watch out for little benedict cumberbatch again with sherlock he's won this before he stole it from some real contenders that too. was actually a huge
1: surprise yes that was a borderline because yeah.
0: emmy voters tend to be british snobs and uh, they go for the brits and he's the one and so he keeps popping up here In uh, Sherlock, and I would not uh, count him out here as being the spoiler. And also, I have to mention a previous winner in this category is back to win his second, and that's Jeffrey Rush uh, in Genius. And he's terrific. We did an actor's side with him. He's well loved, and he is, boy, he looks like, and and it seems like he's Albert Einstein. Although he's only in. The pilot or the first episode, and then he doesn't come back. Yeah, I mean that's
1: a, that's the thing. I feel I, there was I feel that some people felt, and I know that some of the response I got to my review of of Genius was about this. Is people felt they were they were duped a little bit there. They thought there yeah. was gonna be a lot more Jeffrey Rush, right? And and I mean one person said to me, it kind of, he felt like it had been a Judy Dench move here, like yeah. like not really the star, kind of the star. Right, yeah. Well, this
0: is where episode submissions uh, uh, come in very strongly. Yeah. Because if you're not aware of that, and you didn't watch the whole thing, but you did watch what they submitted uh, then Jeffrey Rush is the star of genius. He is the genius and gets away with that. But nevertheless, um, it's a terrific performance, and it is a limited series, so it's not like he has to be in everything. But yeah, it was I, I, that was somewhat controversial in terms of uh, how his role was I, I just, marketed. You
1: know, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch the way this one plays out because I honestly feel. You know, we, we've talked about it before, and we've talked about how how big movie stars come to the small screen now. Yeah, I really feel like it's kind of hard to get in front of Robert De Niro.
0: I think so too. And 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 you have two terrific actors, by the way, Riz Ahmed and John Turturro, who's out of the De Niro, you know, club. Well, and also, uh, let's and, but they're say, R- in the
1: same show. Riz is in The Night of, and and he is fantastic. Both of them fantastic. are fantastic. And on any other yeah. year, if Robert De Niro was not was not uh, well. If he was not the, the the giant whale sitting there, yeah, these two would be running it down together.
0: Yeah, uh, it does look to me like in the end it may be. But you know, Ewan McGregor in Fargo is going to be formidable too because this is a different kind of role for him, and he's very very good. So I and I like him. I think he's overdue stuff and but I I think I mean I think he's definitely
1: overdoing it I think he's fantastic in the role of the two brothers he plays in this latest I think in season three of of Noah Hawley's uh, adaptation of the Coen Brothers movie or rather adaptation of the idea of the Coen Brothers movie on FX but I do think you know you bring Robert De Niro as Bernie Madoff I mean it's kind of icon on icon you know yeah. and, the, and the bernie manoe story as we talked about was done before by richard Dreyfus, was not done well you know it yeah. just wasn't
0: Dreyfus is a great actor so that, this is good and michelle so, pfeiffer yeah, is exactly great. you know like i you mean kind of
1: all the firepower is it's there. definitely
0: something that voters are going to watch that's and then, for sure and, and also too i think
1: yeah. you know i think emmy voters whatever the rhythm is of how they decide what to watch and then what to vote for yeah when you have that kind of marquee name and you have it on a marquee project it's yeah. not him playing say some guy Right. right, it's him playing. It, it, it It's historical fiction in that sense, yeah. recent historical.
0: Fiction. So we're not going to be shocked if something comes up out of the blue, like it did once with the Kennedy miniseries that was on reels or whatever it was. We're not going to be shocked if we see uh, what's his name, Matthew Perry from we, Friends, turn up here or are something. We, are we ever going to be shocked? <laughs> I mean, shock is that is, is that a value which we're now going to attribute? I don't put it past Emmy voters. You are never shocked to you are wallow shocked. in the mud and come up with some crazy. Wallow in the mud? (laughs) Oh, good thing you're not the TV reviewer. You don't have
1: to face the the maddening crowd on this. But having said that, thank you, maddening crowd for listening to the Deadline Podcast TV Talk this week. You can find me on Twitter to
0: talk about the terrible things that Pete said about you. Yes. I, Deadline Dominic. I say nothing bad. And you can find me on Twitter at Deadline Pete. And of course you can find all our Emmy breaking
1: news coverage and all the news you need to know in Hollywood and beyond at Deadline.com. Today's show was
0: produced and edited by David Geno. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.